0: Paper Flower Consortium, Episode 14, Rebound Girl. Recording by Loretta and foyne a former lady of the Kingdom of France and current historian and librarian of the Paperflower Consortium. Beloved initiates and other listeners, I apologize for the delay in lessons. As some of you may know, the Paperflower Consortium flooded and the sounds of reconstruction slowed my recording schedule. Tonight, I shall tell you a story of another type of vampire hunter that my youngest, Haley Vito, ran into at a party. Moreover, Norma has seen more of this type of hunter as of late, as the world has seemingly gotten angrier and colder. This type of hunter looks soft and innocent, but they are not. Rather than coming on strong and violent, they get close. They do not seem to kill for money. Rather, they use their personal pain or disappointments as an excuse to destroy vampires. Most don't even seem to hate vampires, or don't even seem to hold a grudge against vampires specifically. But simply, when we die, we leave only ash. I will also say that these hunters tend to hunt the rogue vampire, but if they come across a coven vampire and find him a victim of opportunity, they will still strike. This it is a word of warning to be careful, but not to stop anyone from doing the things that they would like to do. While Haley's descriptions of a house party does not necessarily appeal to me, it is an amusement for this age. Dancing is a wonderful activity before the pandemic shut all parties down. Haley was 25 when she was transformed in 2019. She entered the initiation program directly out of college. Haley loved the vampire existence, or at least most of it. Throughout her initiation, she had a lover who wanted to be her enthralled human, but that person dumped her once she was transformed. That person left the coven and went to Strawberry Fields, where they could bind themselves to an older, more exotic vampire. I knew my daughter was hurting. The end of a love affair is often painful, but I wish Haley would have confided in me or perhaps one of her coven siblings. But she didn't. I only realized the danger she was in when the sun rose and I began to burn with her. Now, to be clear, Haley did nothing wrong. One ought to be able to go dancing and meet someone at a party. This is simply a warning that our people must remain vigilant. Haley did not write out a statement, nor does she keep a diary. She simply explained everything that happened after Norma brought her home. So let us begin. October 26, 2019 Haley has always loved to dance. And yet she felt breathless as she moved into the roiling crowd. There were some people in costume, but most dressed in club clothes with a bit of Halloween flair or the Seattle uniform of jeans and a t shirt. Haley fit in well enough. Haley knew no one at the party. At 25, Haley was still the average age of the party goer, and as a young vampire, she didn't have any out of time habits which made her stand out. She simply had to focus on her bloodlust. However, she ate before the party and had a pocket full of dried blood capsules, which she bought from Norma. The party was in one of the older U District craftsmen houses, which had not seen a renovation. Instead, it was rented out to five grad students. By the simple decor and threadbare furnishings, Haley assumed most likely men. Not that she cared about the decor, but the smell of the musty beer-soaked couch almost chased her away. It had been three years since she had been to a human mostly party, and she felt her movements were not in pace with the tempo. She wondered if she should go to the bar in the kitchen just to have a drink in hand. And her eyes glanced down to the floor, but her rhythm became even more offbeat as she swayed to the music. In the privacy of the noisy crowd, she admitted to herself that maybe it was wrong to begin the initiation program right out of college. Maybe she should have experienced more life first. The other vampires had warned her that enthralled humans liked vampires older. A lot older. But she hadn't expected how hard it would hurt when an enthralled human told her she wasn't vampiric enough. She was just too normal to be a turn-on. Scott and Bruce, her brothers under Charles and changed in 1983 and 90, respectively, tried to warn her it was hard to find an enthralled human. It took over two decades for Sophie to come into Scott's life, and Bruce was still single. But, as Haley was a beautiful 25-year-old woman, she ignored the warning, or at least didn't heed it. That night, dancing blocked the soul-crushing loneliness. All these harsh feelings were held at bay by movement. But she feared if she stopped to think in that darkened room full of pulsating bodies, a feeling so forlorn would take root in her heart and spread. She was all alone in an uncaring alien world. Below her pounding feet, the floorboard squeaked and sagged. A cheer rose from some guys in the corner as the song changed, and four men bounced towards her with a maniacal glee. She supposed that, too, was a type of dancing, but she found herself hoping the floor would give way under them and they would crash into the basement. She shifted to the outskirts of the small room where she could move with the music on her own, but a twenty-something woman moved past and her flounce on her short gossamer skirt tickled against Haley's thigh with perfect rhythm to the thumping beat. And this close Haley caught a musky scent sticking to the woman's skin. A shiver went up her spine. She wanted the woman, let's say romantically, and hoped the woman would want her back. The woman smiled at Haley and turned to dance with her. There was passion and mystery and hidden laughter in those perfect amber eyes. She called out, "'Hey, you here with someone?' And Haley shook her head no. "'Yeah, I'm here with friends, but they're somewhere. "'I'm Layla, by the way.' Haley, she had immediate regret of telling the stranger her name, but feeling her own body coated with glistening sweat, she loosened the lacing on her velvet vest, exposing the thin sheer black top and bra below. She had worn black, so no one would see that she sweated blood.' Layla took a hit on her vape pen and then started explaining how she had been dumped by her girlfriend two weeks ago, who was weirdly now claiming they broke up by mutual decision. And Layla didn't understand because she and Kate had been through everything since college. Friends turned lovers just like a rom-com. A year after graduation, Layla had assumed that they were working towards a future together, marriage, dogs, maybe even kids. And then two weeks ago, Kate moved out of their apartment. Claimed she needed space to find herself, and they were too young to settle down. Haley nodded. After all, she couldn't help but feel sympathy for the other woman's pain. Layla blushed and apologized for rambling about her ex, and offered Haley a hit off her vape pen. Haley took a hit. It didn't do anything. She didn't really expect it to, but she felt it was something else she had lost, which was weird because she didn't vape in the first place. The crowd raised their hands in the air with the song. And suddenly imitating the other dancers, Haley did as well. And she saw how long and sharp Layla's nails were. Too thick and claw like, more than fingernails should, but Haley shook it off. After all, maybe that was just a Halloween fashion choice. Layla pirouetted away from Haley and danced towards the foyer. Haley was immediately enraged and as if she was in some walking nightmare. She saw blood on everyone and could hear their heartbeats. And then an ear-splitting screech stopped the movement. It was just someone forcing one of the old windows open. And by accident, or purpose, Layla hopped back in front of her and then rocked her body against Haley. And Haley felt her fangs expand. Before she made a mistake, she popped a capsule. The dried blood mixing with saliva tasted chalky in her mouth. Layla pressed her lips against Haley's. Haley was worried she'd freak out about the fangs or possibly the blood, but Layla whispered, "'I want to forget about being dumped. I want your claws to scratch to my back. Bite me.' Haley curled her toes as best as she could against her patent leather shoes, releasing some of the pressure. "'Just trying to slow things down,' Haley asked, "'Do you want to go somewhere we can talk?' Layla followed Haley out of the living room away from the dancing and though Haley was in the lead she felt like she was floating unable to stop following the strange blonde woman with mysterious amber eyes. They passed the foyer and she glanced at a mirror and gasped in fright. Her reflection should only hold clothes and cosmetics for the cosmetics had run down her face streaked with bloody sweat and she could feel that her fangs expanded What in the world did she look like? Thank goodness it was so close to Halloween. But Layla pressed her from behind and she kept moving into the kitchen, past the counter filled high with alcohol, soda, and other mixers. And trying to gain a semblance of control, Haley cried out, Hold up! I need a drink! And she poured herself a cup of water from the sink and chugged it and popped another blood capsule. Layla asked Haley, Can I make you anything? Haley shook her head and still wondered what she looked like and poured herself another glass of water. Layla took her time, carefully pouring out her fruity concoction of vodka, strawberries, and lime soda. She added another slice of lime for good measure. Cheers. Seconds went by, longer than they should. This was eternity. And Haley knew she would follow Layla as soon as Layla finished her drink. She had to focus on something besides those uncanny amber eyes, but nothing else mattered to her. Haley felt as if she didn't know herself anymore. Was this her broken heart, or was it the vampirism? Another woman hurried into the kitchen. Oh, there you are, Layla. And Layla said, Haley, this is my friend Joe. You know, I told you I was with friends. Hey, want something to drink, Joe? And the women spoke to each other as old friends over the bar, and Haley felt her limbs tremble with jealousy. She felt abandoned. She didn't understand what was happening. Maybe Layla suddenly sensed the danger of leaving with a vampire. What if Haley was reading the whole situation wrong? All Haley knew was she did not want to leave and face an empty apartment. Or the sad, sympathetic looks of her coven siblings. Still coming? Layla asked Haley. Haley didn't move. She wasn't sure what to do, how to read the situation anymore. Layla shrugged, and holding their fresh drinks, Joe and Layla left the kitchen and parked on the stairs to watch some men play a silly drinking game. Trying to make sense of what just happened, Haley returned to dancing. It felt good to be one with the music again. But across the living room, Haley observed Layla talking to a different girl. This one wobbled a bit on her feet. This one was drunk. Too drunk to make a good decision. Haley's belly nodded, enraged. What is wrong with me? We only spoke a few sentences to each other. It's not like she's my girlfriend. What in hell's wrong with me? Haley locked eyes with Layla. She didn't want to be passed over for another woman. Layla gently bit into the nape of the drunk girl's neck. No fangs expanded. It was just a love bite followed by a kiss. Haley's heart thumped in terror, rising up to her stomach and into her dry throat. She wanted to be loved. She knew people thought vampires obsessed over victims, but just once, she wanted to be the one who was more loved. She wanted to not feel the aching loneliness. Dancing no longer held back the flood of emotion. She feared she might start crying in the middle of the party. That would not be a good look. Across the room, the living amber eyes seemed to wash with confusion, and she left the other girl where she drunkenly stood and pulled Haley close and breathed into her ear. I thought you weren't interested. I am interested. I just wanted to talk first. Haley smiled, exposing her long fangs dripping with dried blood and saliva. It's about time you made a decision. Let's walk up to the gazebo at the park. It'll be private there and the hidden laughter in her amber eyes became full and bright. And Haley felt the uncontrolled, floating, feeling return. Was Layla a witch or something? Or maybe she was just one of those humans who didn't know they were a witch? Or maybe she was a werewolf, or... It didn't matter. Haley shook her head. I don't like it when you try to take control. That's what you're doing, right? I don't like it. I don't like dominating people, and I don't like it when they do it to me, Haley said firmly. My creator showed me how to do it, but I don't like it. The floating feeling dissipated. Oh, I won't, sorry, Layla said. But most people find it pleasant when I do. So I do. Look, you're my rebound girl, and I'm yours. I want to feel it all. And Layla looked as if she might argue, but then said, As you wish. Now... Haley was a young vampire, but strong and in good health, but she is not a telepath. Besides, even if someone had told her Layla was a vampire hunter, Haley probably wouldn't have believed it. She had seen plenty of vampire hunters in television and movies. They didn't really act like Layla. Well, maybe Buffy acted a little bit like Layla. In her mind, Layla was just another woman at the party. And as I said, I knew none of this until the next morning when I began to burn orange sun crested over the hills of the Arboretum, and Haley's back began to itch. It was only when she began to feel the scorching did Haley escape Layla's embrace. Her shoulders had started to smolder, and her hair crackled. Haley jerked away, but Layla gripped onto her arms more tightly. Her kisses became more passionate and fervent. The pain disappeared, and Haley felt as if she was perched on the edge of pleasure, as if She was floating. She could not, no, did not want to move. It didn't matter if she burned. However, as the topmost layers of flesh turned to ash, Haley screamed. Ah! Ah! She bit down on Layla and yanked herself away. She fell from the park bench into the dirt. What's wrong? Layla said, but her eyes were smiling with horrible glee. Haley almost made an excuse, but thinking better of it, she scrambled up to her feet and ran as fast as she could. Morning birds were singing. How could I be this stupid? Panting in the cold autumn air, Haley realized she didn't have her phone. She didn't remember dropping it or handing it to Layla, but she certainly wasn't going to go back to get it. Whatever Layla was, she knew mesmerism as she could mesmerize Haley. She raced away from the park bench and hid in the shade of a grove of trees until someone with a cell phone ran past. She knew she must look like a fright, but she was female, young, and not someone who looked like very much of a threat. Excuse me, she called. I lost my phone. Mind if I call home? And the person stopped. And she called me, and I called Norma. It was another jogger who found her phone. There is no way to know if she lost it or if Layla threw it away. You see, he heard the insistent jingle of a cell phone ringing again and again, and it grew louder as he ran south towards the gazebo. And the phone in a glittering aquamarine case lay abandoned on the trail. No one liked to lose their phone, and annoyed he was slowing his heart rate, he plucked it up from the gravel. The screen read Loretta, But before he could answer, I hung up. However, he could see there were tons of messages and texts from several female names. Phone rang again. It was Norma. And he answered, I found this phone. And Norma said, are are you still in the Arboretum? And the guy answered in an affirmative. And Norma said, cool, my friend Carlos will be right there to pick it up. He's about six foot and black hair and great shape and jeans and a Halloween hoodie. You'll see him. He's coming up the hill now. On the ride back to the coven, Haley described what happened and gave Layla's description. Layla is still at large, though Norma has heard of other attacks by perpetrators with Layla's description. As for Haley, she's still looking for the enthralled humans of her dreams, but fear not, the older vampires always ensure the younger ones are fed. And now a word from tonight's sponsor. This history was brought to you by Photos Evermore, a proud subdivision of the Paperflower Consortium. Are you an initiate concerned that a creature of darkness is unable to reflect light and therefore unable to be caught on film and digital photography? Photos Evermore records your photograph for posterity, future documentation, and identification. We can even future-proof your social media with a hundred glamorous selfie-style photographs which we can Photoshop into future vacation, dog park, or dining pics. Affordable packages based on your need. Before you stop reflecting light forever, think photos evermore. Visit us on our website to schedule an appointment tonight. All right, we only have one question tonight. Dear Lady Loretta, so I guess vampire dating is hard? Well, I believe all dating is confusing, but as I've said before, I never dated in the modern sense of the word. I met Charles in the gardens of Versailles. We were infatuated with each other. Charles spoke to Jacob and Guys to explain our intentions, and then he courted me, since we couldn't marry until I became a vampire. As people may or may not know, condoms were not widely available back then. As I said before, Haley did nothing wrong. But there are bad people in the world, and one must be aware of that possibility— Haley has gone on several dates with other people where nothing has happened. Forgive me, I should say that only pleasant things happened, such as conversation and or lovemaking. In this unrestrictive age, my younger offspring tell me most of them meet dates on apps, or they take adult enrichment classes such as pottery or painting. There is also interest-based meetups and volunteer work. But, of course, everyone's dating existence sort of ended with the pandemic. So, beloved initiates, that's all there is tonight. I hope you found this story interesting and educational. Have a good day and sleep the sleep of the dead. The Paperflower Consortium podcast was written and performed by Elizabeth Gazzetti. For more information, please visit www.elizabethgazzetti.com slash Consortium. And while you're there, if you have a question for Lady Loretta, please click on the Ask Lady Loretta button or email her at info at If you want to support the show, please like and share this episode or consider donating either one time or through the Patreon. The amazing intro and outro music was written by Evan Witts, and you can learn more about his music at www.wittynotes.com. Thanks for listening.